Hello, this is Empires and Civilizations. Episode 15, The Battle of Tours. After Musa ibn Usayr left Al-Andalus in 714, he put his son Abdulaziz in charge of the province. Abdulaziz laid the groundwork for Umayyad rule over the peninsula. Establishing his residence in Seville, he married the widow of King Roderick, Egilon, who was said to have converted to Islam. It was Abdulaziz who negotiated the treaty with Theodomir. Unfortunately, Abdulaziz was assassinated in Seville in 716 and succeeded by his jealous brother-in-law, Ayub. However, the governor of North Africa, who was the late Abdulaziz's older brother, sent Al-Hur, his cousin, to take over the governorship of Al-Andalus. Al-Hur made several changes to Umayyad policies. He abandoned Seville because he believed it was too remote. The capital of the province was transferred to Cordoba. Unlike his predecessor, Al-Hur was harsh towards the local population by taking lands that previously belonged to them and bestowing those lands to the conquerors. Even the estates of local aristocracies were confiscated. Al-Hur is also credited with establishing Islamic judges, or Qadis, throughout Spain. Under the new Caliph Umar II, who even considered totally abandoning the Spanish conquest, Al-Hur was replaced by Al-Sam in 718. By the time Al-Sam became governor, the Umayyads had established their authority across the entire peninsula except for a very mountainous region to the north called Asturias. Due to its geography, Asturias had become a haven for fleeing Visigothic nobles, and the kingdom of Asturias was brought into being when an assembly of nobles elected the nobleman Pelagius as their king. Pelagius was King Roderick's grandnephew and had served as a military officer. The Umayyads sent a force to annex this kingdom, but they were defeated at the Battle of Covadonga, fought in either 718 or 722. The Battle of Covadonga served as an inspirational symbol of Christian resistance to Islamic rule, and began the Reconquista, a centuries-long process in which Christian nations slowly pushed Muslim nations out of the peninsula. The Reconquista was not completed until 1492. Although the Umayyads lost at Covadonga, they found success in other areas. Septimania was the last Visigothic province to be unconquered. The province was fertile and urbanized, and it contained trade links to Western and Southern Europe. The last Visigothic king, Ardo, was putting up some resistance in the capital, Narbonne. Al-Sam crossed the Pyrenees in 719 and captured Narbonne in either 719 or 720, ending the life of the last Visigothic king. Controlling Septimania allowed Muslims to launch raids into the kingdoms of Western Europe, which I will talk about now. Only two kingdoms actually mattered, the Merovingian Franks and the Duchy of Aquitaine. The most important figure in the Franks was Charles Martel. Charles was not the king of the Franks. As the illegitimate son of Pepin II of Heristal, Charles became the sole mayor of the palace after defeating his rivals in 723. Charles fought successive wars against the Frisians, Saxons, and Alamanni while actively supporting missionaries in his efforts to Christianize the lands east of the Franks. Charles received the nickname Martel, meaning hammer, because of his ability to crush his enemies. Meanwhile, the Duchy of Aquitaine, located in modern-day southwest France, was controlled by Charles Martel's rival Odo. Odo expanded Aquitaine and participated in the civil wars that plagued the Merovingian Franks. This was the world of Western Europe that the Muslims were beginning to enter. As soon as Narbonne was secure, Al-Sam moved swiftly, and the nearby cities of Alet, Béziers, Lodev, Montpellier, and Nîmes fell like dominoes in rapid succession. 
Al-Sam's main goal was to control the key Garonne River Valley, capture Toulouse, which was Odo's capital, and open up a vast stretch of territory. But before he did so, he returned to Spain to raise more troops. Confident, Al-Sam crossed the Pyrenees in spring 721. Al-Sam's army that besieged Toulouse was a force to be reckoned with. Confident that Toulouse was well defended, Odo scoured every corner of his empire, ordering all of his allies to assemble armies large enough to deal with the Umayyad threat. He appealed to Charles Martel, but the Frankish ruler did nothing. In fact, Charles probably wanted to see his rival's duchy crumble. But on June 9th, 721, as Toulouse was on the verge of surrendering, Odo returned to his capital at the head of a large army. He desperately hurled himself at the Umayyad rear. Caught between Odo's army and Toulouse, Al-Sam made a courageous last stand, but he was killed, and the remnants of the Umayyad army were forced to retreat across the Pyrenees. The retreat was led by a man who would become relevant later, Abdul Rahman al-Ghafiqi. A new governor, Anbasa ibn Suhaim al-Kalbi, was installed. Anbasa was known to have doubled taxes on the Christians, perhaps in response to Hisham's raising of taxes in other parts of the caliphate. This could have triggered the revolt in Astorius that led to the Battle of Covadonga, which has led some scholars to suggest that the battle actually occurred in 722. After dying from natural causes in 725, Anbasa was succeeded by Udra ibn Abdallah al-Firi, who ruled for less than six months before being succeeded by Yahya ibn Salama al-Kalbi, who was properly appointed by the caliph. According to the sources, Yahya prosecuted the Muslims in Spain and returned any loot that they acquired illegally back to the Christians. After Yahya's death in the middle of 728, a string of governors who ruled for short periods came and went until Abdul Rahman al-Ghafiqi was installed in 730. In the meantime, since the Umayyads were defeated at Toulouse in 721, they are restricted to raiding the Franks and Aquitanians. Carcassonne and Nimes were occupied in 725, and Autun was sacked in 725. But as soon as Al-Ghafiqi became governor in 730, he began preparing for an organized campaign against Aquitaine and the Franks. In 731, between 15,000 and 20,000 Berber volunteers arrived from North Africa. Al-Ghafiqi's plans, however, were suddenly thwarted by a rebellious Berber sub-governor named Manuza. Manuza shocked Western Europe when he allied with Duke Odo. This alliance was cemented when Manuza married Odo's illegitimate daughter Lampegia. Al-Ghafiqi probably saw Manuza as a threat to Umayyad rule in Septimania. There was also another person who feared Manuza, Charles Martel. In 731, the ex-mayor of the palace in Merovingian Neustria, Renfroi, met with Odo, causing Charles much concern. In order to curb the influence of Renfroi, Charles punished Renfroi's supporters. Abbot Wandon de Fontenelle was exiled to Maastricht, while Bishop Amar of Auxerre was imprisoned in Baston, but these actions merely increased support for Renfroi and hostility to Charles. In 731, Abdul Rahman al-Ghafiqi launched a surprise attack against Menuza in the summer or autumn. Little is known about the events that transpired, but al-Ghafiqi defeated Menuza's forces, captured the strategic fortress of Livia, and cornered Manuza in the Pyrenees Mountains. Manuza committed suicide by throwing himself off a cliff. Some sources claim that Manuza's wife Lampegia was sent to either Al-Ghafiqi's household or Hisham's harem in Syria. With the threat of Manuza's rebellion extinguished, the Umayyads could flex their military muscles across the Pyrenees Mountains again. In 731, the same year Manuza was defeated, 
Muslim armies were operating in the Rhone River Valley. Suburbs of Lyon, Macon, and Chalon were raided and burned. Longre was destroyed so badly that its church was not fully repaired until 83 years later. On August 22, 731, Autun was sacked. Only when Muslims reached Lower Burgundy were they bested in battle and forced to withdraw back to Septimania. Though Burgundy was under Frankish suzerainty at the time, Charles Martel did not seem to care much about the Muslim campaigns in 731. Charles had moved to Austrasia and organized the military there to face the Saxons. This meant that Charles Martel did not see the Muslims as his foremost threat. In May or June 732, Algafiki's preparations were finally complete, and he launched his long-awaited campaign against Aquitaine. The army assembled near Pamplona and crossed the Pyrenees through several mountain passes. Algafiki's main force traveled through the Roncesval Pass, which was dangerous, but it allowed the Muslims to bypass Toulouse, where the Umayyads were defeated before. Other units traveled through neighboring passes until they all reached Gascony, located in southwest Aquitaine. At the same time, a Muslim fleet sailed from Tarragona to Narbonne. The ships probably contained the siege equipment, since it would have been difficult to drag siege engines through the mountains. In addition, a separate Muslim force advanced from Septimania into southeast Aquitaine. The Umayyads were spread far and wide, raiding cities while destroying abbeys. Yet they encountered no major resistance up to the Garonne River. Finally, they encountered a large Aquitanian force commanded by Odo just outside Bordeaux, along the banks of the Garonne River, and defeated it. In June, the Muslims entered Bordeaux, executed the city's governor, and collected loot. Odo retreated to the Dordogne River and raised a new army, but it was defeated by Algafiki. These two defeats annihilated the Aquitanian army. With no hope of saving his realm, Odo fled to Reims, a Merovingian Frankish city, where he was forced to turn to his old enemy, Charles Martel, for assistance. We do not know the details of the agreement, but Charles Martel agreed to issue a military summons. His recently assembled force marched to the frontier city of Tours, which Charles might have feared was already destroyed given the Umayyads' speed. After defeating Odo, the Umayyads spent the next three months raiding and collecting large quantities of loot. Algafiki continued marching northwards until he reached the famously rich abbey of Sonilaire outside Poitiers, another Aquitanian city. Interestingly, after looting the church, the Umayyads did not attempt to take the city. Poitiers was seriously fortified, and despite having a strong city to his rear, Algafiki continued marching northwards towards the even richer church of Saint Martin outside Tours. However, Tours was in Frankish territory, so Algafiki must have understood that he was invading a separate kingdom. On October 11th, 732, a Muslim encampment near Loudon seemed to have been overrun by a part of the Frankish army. But whatever happened, about 40 kilometers to the east, the main armies were moving towards each other. We do not exactly know where the two armies met, but the battle occurred somewhere near an old Roman road connecting Tours and Poitiers. For several days, the armies were separated by the Vienne River. Crossing the Vienne would have been an ordeal, but Charles Martel did exactly that between October 18th and 25th. Luckily, the crossing was unhindered, and after reaching the other side of the river, the Franks established a defensive position around an old Roman building. The Muslims encamped at a hilltop surrounded by forests. During the seven days between the 18th and 25th, there were reported skirmishes involving scouts and raiders from both armies. On the morning of the 25th, the Christian army took strong defensive positions with their flanks secured in heavily wooded areas. 
Throughout the morning and early afternoon, the Muslim army made repeated attacks. Then, a small mounted Christian force led by Duke Odo took advantage of their knowledge of the local terrain and orchestrated a wide flanking attack on the Muslim camp. The Umayyads likely kept their camp fortified, since Umayyad armies usually fortified their camps, but Odo's attack on their camp caused many of the Muslim combatants to break ranks and defend their tents, booty, and families. It is unknown whether the retreat was ordered by Al-Ghafiqi or not, but the Muslim army lost its cohesion. At some point, Al-Ghafiqi was mortally wounded while trying to defend the camp. Nevertheless, the Muslims repelled the Christian assault on their camp. During the night, the Umayyads withdrew in good order, leaving their camp intact so as to not alert the Franks. On the next morning, the Franks deployed for battle, but the Umayyads were gone. Charles Martel later went north, leaving Odo to pursue the retreating Muslims. The main Umayyad army made it back to Narbonne successfully. The Battle of Tours marked the furthest extent to which the Umayyads penetrated Western Europe. Under the new governor of Al-Andalus, Abdelmalik ibn Qatan al-Firi, the Umayyads raided up to only the Rhone Valley. The Umayyads made no more serious attempts of conquering Aquitaine, because tribal and ethnic differences within the Caliphate divided the Muslim world. In 734, al-Firi was replaced by Uqba ibn al-Hajjaj al-Saluli, who treated the Berbers harshly and perhaps indirectly instigated the Berber revolt in 740. Al-Saluli was likely among the slain Umayyads during the Battle of the Nobles. The Berber revolt essentially broke communications between Syria and Al-Andalus, and the latter suffered from tribal and ethnic conflicts until the end of the Umayyad Caliphate. Charles Martel, on the other hand, achieved much more than merely defeating a Muslim army. Duke Odo of Aquitaine, who had fled to Charles after being bested twice by the Umayyads, was now his vassal. Charles formed alliances with the Burgundians, extending Frankish influence down to the Rhone Valley. In 734, however, the Frankish representatives were kicked out of Burgundy as the region reasserted its independence. After Odo died in 735, his son Hunald became the new Duke of Aquitaine. Hunald wanted to break out of his vassalage, so Charles launched a campaign against Hunald in 737, arresting the bishops of Orléans and Auxerre. The Aquitanian duke's attempts to assert Aquitaine's autonomy resulted in repeated Frankish invasions, and while they were repulsed multiple times, the lands belonging to Aquitaine were eventually handed over to Charlemagne. Since the Middle Ages, the Battle of Tours was seen as the climax of a titanic struggle between Christianity and Islam. It is interesting to note that both Christian and Muslim historians have associated this battle with their religions, Charles Martel was praised as a savior of Christendom, while Arab historians called this battle the Road of Martyrs and described Al-Ghafiqi as dying for his faith. But how accurate is this interpretation? In my opinion, the Battle of Tours has been overemphasized and was not the world-altering event some historians claimed it was. As I have demonstrated before, Charles Martel was more concerned with the Saxons and Aquitanians than the Umayyads, so the Umayyads cannot have been that threatening. It seemed that Charles only noticed the Muslims after they were on his doorstep. Also particularly noteworthy was the fact that the invading Umayyad force targeted churches and abbeys in order to acquire booty. That behavior would be expected by raiders, not conquerors. It seems that the Battle of Tours was the culmination of an Umayyad raid, not a conquest. The events surrounding the Battle of Toulouse, or 717-718 Siege of Constantinople, would be more indicative of conquest than those surrounding the Battle of Tours. Next time, I'll jump forward to the year 743, the year Hisham died. The Umayyad Caliphate's decline was accelerated, because the death of Hisham left the Umayyads without an effective leader.
the Umayyad Caliphate came to an end only seven years later.